This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the $100 is Rich Jones. Okay, Rich Jones, he is stuck in corporate. He wants to break free. He's binging on the show. For your chance to win $100 every Monday morning, simply subscribe to the podcast right now on iTunes and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Coming up tomorrow morning, Top Tribe, you're going to hear from Matt Schaub, who's really $172,000 in debt and is now doing $2.5 million per year with his painting company. He's also a father of two. Okay, Top Drive, good morning. Good morning this morning. I think you're really going to enjoy our guest. His name is Gerard Adams. And look, his main focus is to inspire other millennials to leverage their passions for success and create the lifestyle they dream of. Gerard became a self-made millionaire at 24, but not without overcoming loads of obstacles, fear, and self-doubt. He's also one of the co-founders of one of the top websites out there when it comes to content in EliteDaily.com. Gerard, are you ready to take us to the top? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, so (laughs) first things first, I said self-made millionaire by 24, so everyone's wondering, one, how old are you now? And two, how'd you make your first million? So I am just turned 31, and... I'm on the, uh, the end of the cusp of uh, the millennial generation, I guess you can say. Um, although I do believe millennials is a, is a more of a mindset than anything. Um, and I made my first million um, building a business that uh, ended up becoming an agency to help market uh, small cap publicly traded companies. And I, I helped um, do a lot of PR and IR and online marketing for small cap companies for the first six years of my career. And so was that literally like you just got so many people paying you a monthly retainer for your PR services eventually that added up to a million bucks? Correct. I actually got up to $10 million a year um, in revenue with like a small team of like five of us um, by the time I was 24. Well, and was that 10 million in revenue? Did that include the ad spend, any ad spend that you were managing? Ad spend would, would be a, um, a lot more than that. That was actually, uh, um, basically the based off of retainers. Okay, great. Well, Hey, let's, so let's, let's jump into what you're focused on now, which I believe is elite daily. Is that right? Correct. Okay. So what's elite daily do and how do you guys make money from it? So elite daily is an online publication known as the voice of generation Y it's known as the Huffington post for gen Y it's an online p- publication focused on millennials hitting every vertical from, uh, business entertainment, humor, health, dating, um, and, uh, many other verticals. And we make money, uh, basically from, from advertisers that want to get in front of our, um, demographic. So in December or in January of 2016, how much revenue did you guys make from advertisers? Um, I'm not able to disclose that, um, only because we just, we got acquired by the daily mail. Um, so I, I would have to, I probably would have to get a, uh, get permission from them. Well, why don't you, why don't you give us a range? Give us a, just so we can get a sense of size. I mean, are you small or big or what? Um, it would be around 20 million. Okay. So 20 million per month. Uh, no, for the year. I, I, I would say, okay. For, for 2015. Have, uh, 
for 2015. Yeah. Okay. And how does that typically work? I mean, is this, is this, are you just basically plugged into to Google and you're serving display ads or what? Correct. We're doing display ads as well as native. We, we really wanted to become a more of a native agency and have more of a creative agency within our company. Um, you know, we believed more that would resonate more with our audience. Okay. So give me, give me an example of that. People don't know what you mean when you say native, native stuff and you kind of build that into your content. Tell me the sure, story of an so, article where you, where you did something native. Um, sure. So I'll kind of, let me think of, uh, let me see. Like one of our first ones was actually pretty funny. So, uh, in it was it was our one of our first ever deals, native deals that we tra- that that we were going after was a deal with Fiat. Okay. And instead of just running Fiat ads around the website on banner ads, what we said was, "Hey, how can we we know what will resonate with our audience more? So if we were able to get that, if we were able to get like a Fiat, you know, here, and for the day we were able to." pack it in and, and kind of create a, a small, uh, a small movie of, you know, how many, how many young guys, young people like around college were able to get into this Fiat and go on like a road trip to go to go somewhere. And we were going to do this whole video of them going to a party. Um, and basically it's, you know, it's, it's native advertising is basically, um, writing content that will resonate with an audience and not making you know, making it like full of ads, you know, so what like, was the headline for that article for Fiat? Oh man, I would have to go back. That was four years ago. Um, I have to, I would have to double check. I mean, but how, what was their ROI? Like was the deal basically, Hey, put some piece together. We trust your content making, put us in the headline and it's just general brand lift. Or were you trying to drive traffic back to their website or what? Yeah, it's mostly for, uh, it's, it's both. Um, but it's more for branding more than anything. And they we we go by how much it's shared, um, the content, right? So we we aim to make sure that something is getting shared, you know, uh, tens of thousands of shares through Facebook and uh, and other social platforms. But we've had native campaigns um, that have gotten millions. You know, most recently we've done some campaigns for T-Mobile, where we've actually run a whole series, um, uh, you know, video series and. Each one of those videos, have, a lot of them have gotten millions of shares. So, what does um, C, what does T-Mobile pay you for something like that? Um, so, for again, something in regards to how much they paid, I would have to get uh, I would have to get permission to be able to disclose that. Well, take us back. I mean, give us a range. Are they paying like like a hundred grand or like more or less? Yeah, I mean, these are big campaigns. Um, definitely, these are definitely campaigns that are uh, close, if if not close to six figures, six figures. Okay. Got it. And what about your first deal? So that's kind of where you are right now. You've built a ton of success, but take us back to that first Fiat deal. That was four years ago. So I'm sure you can share that. What was that deal size? Yeah. So that was a, a smaller deal. Um, I believe that deal thinking back was around 20,000. And how many uh, unique, how many unique website views was elite daily doing at that point per month? We were doing at that time. Just 2012, right? Yeah. Let me think. We're doing think about forty million unique visitors. Okay, and what are you at now? Well, at the time that we sold, we were at eighty million unique visitors. Okay, got it. And just for again, for you guys, must be at what like two hundred, three hundred million or something now. No, um, I don't believe so. Believe it or not, it's uh, with algorithms and things that have changed. I think that we we're still pretty close to around this where, where we were about eighty um, again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so that Fiat deal, I mean, what does, are, are you the pitch guy at Adelie daily? Tell me about the founding team. So there was, uh, 
you know, honestly, we owe it all to everybody on the team. Um, you know, at the time we're now over 200 employees at the time of the sale, it was about 65 employees. Um, three of us co-founded it together, myself, David Arabov, um, who was 19 at the time work, you know, it was like an apprentice of mine when we first started now, you know, became CEO. Um, I backed the idea, um, and became the president of the company initially. Then Jonathan San Pedro was the COO. So when you say, hold on real quick, when you say you backed the deal, you put in the initial capital to get it going? I did. I, we bootstrapped it, but I, it was my my capital initially. And then we um, we kind of bootstrapped it with another incubator that came in after about six months. We started proving the concept. How much capital and did you put in in the beginning? The total capital like bootstrapped was around 60,000. Okay, that was mostly your money? Yeah. Okay. And, and were you, and so that's all you guys really needed. What did that really go towards? I mean, did you build like a custom content management system or something? No, I mean, we used WordPress, um, that went to, you know, just hard capital of, uh, initially getting some equipment, um, getting the website up and going and then, you know, getting, uh, paying for content, you know, help, you know, creating an incentive to help us get, we, we, we can only us three, um, we're only able to write, you know, so much. And we noticed that we really wanted to get to about 80 articles per day. Uh-huh. Um, Why 80 so, articles per day? You know, we, if for us, it was just getting, you know, getting a lot of content out there, you know, to, to spread out the amount of virality that we can get across the board. Um, this was a number that we just over time analyzed um, and worked for us. Interesting. Okay. And so like when you were first putting out 80 articles per day, was it a lot of crickets, but just because you didn't have volume yet, but you, you just were trusting the fact that if you got that volume of articles out, traffic would start coming. I mean, it definitely, it definitely helped. Right. It was, if we, we knew if we got out that kind of volume, we also had a lot more data, um, for us to be able to analyze. Um, but it also spread out you know, to hedge that we would get a lot more traffic to the site. And so how did you incentivize like your early writers? I mean, I'm seeing on some here, you have like a writer named uh, Taylor or Tega who looks like writes for entertainment. And I see a little timestamp on the articles. One was 15 minutes ago. And then the one right before that was 28 minutes before that. I mean, how, how are you incentivizing these writers? Yeah, again, I, you know, can't get too definitive. Uh, you know, the number one reason, the number one way we were in, to incentivize them from the early on since we bootstrapped up was building a culture. So it was like, no, but know, come we, on, Gerard, come on. Like I, I get culture, but like these people, like they have jobs, they have to like pay for food and stuff. Like there, you must, there must've been someone you were incentivizing them. Were, were they freelancers? Yeah. Were you paying them per article? Yeah, I'm just or? Saying we were, you know, we couldn't compete with paying them as if we were Buzzfeed. My point is that we had to kind of balance the amount that we were paying you know, with the fact that we were sending them swag, we were inviting them to the office, we were throwing events and they were able to come to the, come uh, to the office. Okay. We were, okay. we were allowing them to be able to, to be, have their own voice on the site. We didn't have no filter. Like we really let them to be able to, to, you know, to write the way that they wanted to write. Um, so what does Buzzfeed, what does Buzzfeed pay its writers? How do they incentivize? can't talk about, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, all I know is they've raised hundreds of millions of dollars and you know, they have a lot more resources than we do. Well, so, okay. Let me just, let me ask this differently. There's somebody listening right now that's creating a bunch of content on their site. They want to create more content. They don't have time. They're looking to incentivize a writer, teach them. What should they do? Well, we did incentivize them um, by reaching out to different people on Facebook that had followings at different campuses and then we would incentivize those people. We'd offer them, uh, you know, different payment for being able to write capital, but also to recruit other people who wanted to be able to write on the site. 
Um, you know, I mean, it depends. We, we started off with paying people like $25, $20, you know, to, uh, to write articles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, and as little, you know, as much as PayPaling those people, um, it was nothing fancy. Yep. And, um, you know, if they wrote great, great articles, you know, we've continued to continue to incentivize them along the way and, build so their following. and also the way to wait to also incentivize them is to help build their profile. Right. So paying them is one thing, but also again, like build their profile. You know, we've helped writers get verified on Twitter. We've helped them, you know, with giving them the right credit on the website and promoting their articles. What keeps them, them with you? Facebook. How do they, how do, how, how do they, what keeps them from like leaving and going and joining some other like tech crunch or something after you worked so hard to build them up? Um, they have the ability to work, you know, um, to work for, to, to end up leaving. Um, we do, uh, ask certain people to sign, you know, depending, we, we, we want people to, to write specifically for us. So we will ask contributors to sign some paperwork like full time um, or what, like sometimes you'll sign them full time. Well, no, they, 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 honestly, they have the ability to go and write for whoever they want to write for. I mean, we give them that kind of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you write for us and you really sign like as, as somebody full time, then, you know, then we obviously have something where you, you're, you're signed to the company and you can't go and do that. But if you're just a contributor, um, you have the ability to do that. Got it. Interesting. Okay, cool. So what was the, I mean, if, before we kind of wrap up, cause we, we like, we keep you super short and right to the point, as you can tell, help us understand how you built like er, the early traffic to the site. I mean, was it, I mean, did you do anything to, to buy initial traffic? How did you see the initial articles? I mean, for us, it was also about understanding trends, you know, being first to, to write about things as quickly as possible using, you know, keyword searches, using Google, Google tools, like keyword search to, to like know using Twitter, you know, to understand like what is being talked about, what's trending, how quickly we can get articles written about that. Um, you know, and you know, initially, yeah, we did have services to help us boost traffic. We used Facebook, you know, boosting articles and we did spend money on, on figuring out how to also get traffic to this site quickly. We realized that's the wrong way to go about it. Um, you know, you have to really understand your audience, write good content and get it out, you know, use all social media right now, all, you know, most content is not living on a website. It's living through social. So, you know, you have to really build out those social, um, those social platforms and use that to pull, pull, pull the traffic into your website. Um, that's like number one. Um, but yeah, we did, we did totally boost and buy traffic just over time, you know, with advertisers they're you know, they don't want bought traffic. They want to know that you're, you have your own audience that, so it's important to build brand equity to, to get people to want to stick to coming to your website and using it as an authority. Yeah, no, it makes good sense, man. Well, Hey, listen, people are going to want to follow your journey as you guys transition now into, into the daily mail. Cause you guys got acquired. Um, by the way, has they, have they put out a press release about that yet? Is it public? It is. Okay, great. So what, um, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to remember who's the CEO of daily mail. It was John Steinberg. From my understanding, he left. Yep. Um, for, I don't know what the story is behind that. So, um, so what it, so Gerard, if people want to, if people, my point is they're going to want to follow your kind of your story and your, your present all over social, but if people want to connect with you personally online, where should they do that? Yeah. So, you know, I have, uh, my own, personal newsletter at gerardadams.com. Right now I'm launching a YouTube series. So I'm letting people into my life as an entrepreneur day in and day out. So I'll be launching that in March. So if you want to go to YouTube, I'm going to start promoting that next week. 
um, under Gerard Adams. So that gives you like video content right into my life on a daily basis um, and uh, social media. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win a hundred bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes. And then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Are you just going to use your, are you just going to use your list to kind of, to see that? My list? I mean, yeah, I'm definitely going to be promoting it on my list, but also, uh, you know, I'm going to be advertising it as well. Looking for more distribution, looking for help, you know, podcasts. I'm going to be going on my podcast, social media, different influencers I have relationships with and other, other, other publications that I'm building relationships with to be contributor and bring good quality content. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. Well, hey, Gerard, we're about to get into my favorite part of the show. You know what's next? What is it? Come on, man. You're supposed to be good under pressure. You got to know <laughs> these things. It's time for the, it's time for the famous five. Are you ready? Famous five. All right. Number one, brother. What is your favorite business book? Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain by Ryan Blair. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Elon Musk. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Evernote? Um, hmm. I like 15.5. Okay, what does it do? It allows you to keep your employees and your team accountable. Very cool. Okay. Number four, again, you're building these empires. You're launching new things every day. You're 31 years old. Yes or no. Are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? I am. Nice. I love it. Okay. Last question. Take us back 11 years, Gerard. What do you wish 20 year old Gerard knew? 20 I would tell you to just, um, you know, team, you know, I, I believe in partnerships. I believe in really building the right team around you. I wouldn't be where I am. So, I mean, just continue to, you know, focus on making that team as strong as possible, empowering them. Um, I learned that, you know, you know, initially my first business, like I said, it was only like four or five of us. What would have happened if I really would have scaled that out and built the team even bigger? Maybe I would have took that 10 million in revenue to a hundred million revenue. Um, so, you know, surround yourself with people that are going to, that are aligned with your vision and goals and, and help you get it to the top. Top tribe. There you have it. It's about team right from the horse's mouth. Launched his business ages ago, but was already a multimillionaire by the age of 24, doing 80 million unique website views on Elite Daily in 2012 alone. Now doing millions and millions of dollars of revenue just from ads every year and on the back of a successful acquisition. Gerard, thank you for taking us to the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If you guys enjoyed Gerard Adams today, go back and listen to yesterday's episode right now with Diego Abba. He launched an Italian fashion brand that's already doing 12 million per year in transaction volume. 
Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.